0: okay cool i'll leave it back. i will uh uh yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: from a place okay called... i'm back
0: hi Vinny.
2: Hi. hi I.
3: think uh, to... like there still might be a delay though um let's give it a minute and see if it evens itself out um if not, I'm not sure what okay. to do. I guess we could, um, the only other thing I can think to recommend Maybe. would be if you, could, if you could restart your router, that might fix it.
2: Okay, yeah, because it might just be my
3: Yeah, sounds like packet loss.
1: Packet loss. Yeah. sounds terrifying. We left fairly early to go hiking, and our thought was that our cats must be so happy that we were finally both getting <laughs> out of the house at a decent time so that they could do what they used to do when we mm-hmm. were gone during the day, but apparently, what they used to do <laughs> was not good.
3: Okay, Is Vinny I'm back. back.
4: Vinny's
1: back. Okay. Hi, Vinny.
3: So you, Hi. You, you uh, restarted the router.
2: Yes. Well, um, I restarted my internet. I also uh, stopped the photo uploads. Um, oh, that were going on that my was, yeah. I
3: that was doing. It. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this sounds better. Hello and welcome to Good Looking People in Small Clever Rooms that Utilize Every Centimeter of Available Space with Mind-Boggling Efficiency. It's week 13 and we've just passed page 300. I'm Andrew and I'm here with Brianna. Hello. And as always, we're joined by my mom Norma.
1: Hi everyone.
3: And by our friend Vinny. Hello there. So, uh, this week's reading was, uh, Kind of two different chunks, uh, mostly dominated by some kind of backstory about Oren, um, what he did after he graduated from Enfield, and, and what brought him to a career in professional football. <laughs> you know?
4: Um,
3: yeah. You know? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I, no. I, I'm just cons- constantly <laughs> impressed with, how, with the ability of this book to fill me with dread. Uh, and I've spent, so the first 300 pages-ish, uh, dreading what's going to become of Hal. And now I have to dread what's going to happen to Oren and also feel incredibly bad about past events for Orin. <laughs>
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Oren, and also a little bit about uh, what's going to happen to Joelle, Madame Psycho. Jo- yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah. It's like it's also dreadful because at least for Joelle, we know that there's an acid throwing incident in her future.
2: Yes. yes. Yeah. And,
0: and perhaps
1: in Oren's, as we don't know if Oren was physically there when it happened, but the. Acid, that he was a, a dodger was of a thrown dodger acid. Of yeah. acid.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: either because he wasn't there at all physically, or because he was quick on
0: his feet. Right. Well, we do know that he has really quick lateral movement. <laughs> yes. Right.
3: Yeah. In, in about three foot bursts, is that what they said, <laughs> right. or three Something yard like bursts? That. Something, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, which may have come in handy for him. Yeah playing
0: tennis,
3: yeah. Well, and yeah. And well, avoiding thrown acid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Uh, so I have a question before we go any further in this first <laughs> paragraph. I'm I, this is just a reading comprehension question, and I'm not sure whether it's something I'm supposed to comprehend or not. Hmm. But it mentions the fringe C.U.S.P. of Johnny I, Gentle. I Does anyone know what question. C.U.S.P. stands for?
1: I had the same question. I think I looked at, I, I looked online, like I Googled CUSP. I, I couldn't I
3: find I bet anything. it's something that David Foster Wallace uh, made up. Uh, yeah. Know, maybe. But I don't know what it refers to.
1: And there is a Johnny Gentle, right?
3: Johnny Gentle, Canada, the famous, famous crooner.
1: And he, he existed, yes. He. Really? I looked him up. Yes. He was. Really? I think he, is this true? Wait a minute. I I looked him up I I kind of think that he was He was a singer British at, pop singer For the Beatles were his backup band
3: Oh, oh wait a wow. minute really? Wait a minute, yes Okay, John Askew, known as Johnny Gentle uh, Briefly toured Scotland With the Silver Beatles Later known as the Beatles As his backing yes. group in 1960 Yeah, yeah. Wow uh, That's Bizarre! I've never heard of this person. I don't think that this is the same Johnny Gentle.
1: I think it is. I think it says something about about somebody who might have had the opportunity to be famous, Mm -hmm. but then circumstances just, it didn't happen. But he could have. I mean, why didn't he end up with the Beatles as the Beatles and making, you know, being... Being but rich he would and be famous He would be
3: if he was if he, how old was he? When was he born? 1936.
1: Oh, wait. Oh, Gentle is the president.
4: Yes? Oh, wait yes? A
3: minute. Yes. So that's why I think that this can't president be the same person Gentle. because Johnny Gentle is British. I mean unless oh. there's been a constitutional but could, amendment.
1: But perhaps he gave him that name for a reason.
3: That could be. Maybe it's yeah. not
1: that person, but he is referencing that whole phenomenon of an almost famous. It kind of fits yeah. with, like, like, Oren in a potential to become a, a really great tennis player, you know, and join the show. and the, But he doesn't. Right. It, it mm-hmm. all falls That's apart. That's a good point. And why does he call Johnny Gentle the famous crooner if, they're, if he's talking about Isn't, the president? So was the president a singer before he became president?
3: I mean, Ronald Reagan was an actor before he became yeah. president. Uh
4: huh. Yeah,
3: I remember some stuff. So I'm, I'm trying to. I don't want to give anything away to people who haven't read the book before. Um. So I don't. Can think, you
0: private message me the stuff you're thinking about?
3: Well, it's not anything specific. It's just that I remember there being more stuff about Johnny Gentle, and oh, that we yeah. that we get into like a lot okay. of. A lot okay. of background on Johnny Gentle okay. eventually. All right.
0: Well, then, okay. we can... so I'm sure the CUSP will come up there as well.
3: Yeah. So that's the first paragraph. <laughs> you <laughs> okay.
1: You know, I thought it was such a good. I know it's, you know, it's written from the point of view of giving up your, whether it was really your dream or whether it was just a dream. It was a plan uh, as he was, as Oren was in high school, that he's a tennis player and he's going to. You know, he's going to try to become a professional tennis player. And and that's his plan. And then uh, things don't work out. Things don't happen. And then it says, uh, or, or you don't know what you're going to do. And it's often an awful time. I just yeah. thought that that is a really good description of being in high school mm-hmm. when you're supposed to make plans for your next, the next step. Or really... For any of us at any time we're making a next step, people who are getting graduate degrees and heading off, you Mm -hmm. know, looking for um, interesting work related to that. But it's that it's that. So you have these plans, but really, really, they're they're plans, but they're not they're not happening yet. And some of them won't happen the way you imagine them. And that it's just really. But you feel pressure. I think it's especially bad for
0: high school kids, teenagers, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. they're trying so super hard to be grown up. Right. Completely for unrealistic. A 17, 18 year eighteen-year-old to mm-hmm. say, "And this is what I want to do forever." That's right. Or this is exactly. who I want to be forever. Right.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Their brains are still cooking for a very
1: <laughs> they long are. time. Right. We know now that their brains aren't done. Their brains aren't hmm. even close to baked yet. <laughs> they have yeah. Not even by like, college graduation, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. There's so much brain development that's going to go on yet, but they're supposed to. They're either supposed to, or they feel like they're supposed to know what they're going to do next. And poor mm-hmm. Oren. Then you have a kid like Oren, who's had such a pathetic time growing up. I think. If if you have that ba- a bad foundation like that, then the not knowing would seem even worse.
4: Because mm-hmm. what does
1: that mean? Does that mean that you're just going to stay in the same situation that you're in, which in his case was a really dysfunctional family?
3: Right.
0: I think I didn't fully understand or know that uh, James O. had suffered athletically from delayed puberty. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yes, um, I don't think I knew that either. I was noodling about that and with varying growth spurts and just late bloomerhood, how is it fair to put the the 14-year-old who hasn't had his growth spurt right. up against a person whose voice has dropped already? Yeah. Right.
3: Well, you get that. I right. mean, I feel like every few years there's a controversy in the Little League championships that involves uh-huh. something like this. Like, right. it's revealed that some star pitcher is, is actually 25 years old or something. And <laughs> yeah,
1: I think it is a it's very obvious thing in with kids, middle school to high school age kids uh, who are. At different points in their development, you really notice it when you go to any sport sports kind of events. And with boys, those who mature earlier probably have the advantage For girls, sometimes it's the opposite.
4: Mm-hmm. yeah,
1: like you think of gymnasts and that uh, that the, their delayed puberty actually gives them an edge..
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm
1: and in the case of the you know in the case of kids like like Oren who are really pursuing serious athletic type careers what does it do to them well in his case for instance what is it it for him it derailed him uh, from improving because he got discouraged and
3: uh, right
1: because he couldn't he couldn't compete with those guys who were in his same age bracket but were more physically mature.
3: Yes. Right. Although. And so,
1: and so eventually the late bloomer will catch up developmentally. But by the time he does, he might be already uh, discounted and defeated. By the time he could keep up, he's lost all those those years when he should have been building his uh, uh, confidence and his. You know, he should have been winning, but he
3: wasn't. <laughs> Stitt does have a different theory, though, that gets yeah, addressed, he addressed later. He, he... He, says, he says that Oren had this really great lob game, that he was really good at oh, lobbing. Right, right. right. And, and he, didn't, he wasn't willing to work on the other elements of his game.
4: Yeah, right. Uh,
3: and that's ultimately what did him in as a competitive tennis player. Right, uh, and and he says the same thing. Then is true of him as a football player that he's basically just doing the same thing. Oh, but
1: oh, that's where he says something bad. He he foresees something really bad. What does he say? It says something about he had a bad feeling.
3: He yeah, or several, several bad, bad, feelings. bad feelings.
1: Several bad feelings. <laughs> yeah. Does that come? Oh, there. Yeah, he had several very bad feelings about Oren's future. Inside, yeah. he says inside. Yeah. Comma inside. Shtit had several very bad feelings about Oren's future inside.
0: <gasps> what did
1: that mean? You mean like I
3: mean he's, on, on he the other hand, it, but he didn't what say are, it? what does Stit know about football, you know? That's true. And he, like what, what is knows, what does he expect what does he expect a punter to do except punt the ball?
4: <sighs>
1: except he yeah. knows his kids as athletes and and citizens. I mean, he knows, right? He thinks that athletics is a training ground for citizenship. And so, so he sees them not just as a tennis player, but he, I think he knows a lot about them. Or, yeah, I think probably he does know a lot about them. And granted, he looks at them through his strange perspectives, but even so, I think he probably knows a lot about them. When he said... When I read that, that's when I was filled with dread for Orin.
4: <laughs> when I read Shit's
0: appraisal. <laughs> In that section, there's also a line on 285 that I underlined and boxed and starred, which was, recall how mediocrity is contextual?
4: Mm. Right.
0: Right. And right. I just, I had all sorts of feelings that I don't know how to articulate about mm-hmm. that. It is true. I mean, it's like everything is relative.
1: Like they say, well, Oren was ranked 70th. But my God, mm-hmm. he was ranked. How yeah, many kids right. that age yeah. are ranked in tennis? Very small numbers. So he's, he's a really good tennis player amongst people his age. In the United States, but in the in the world of those who are, you know, the top-notch players, then he's not mm-hmm. 70th is not that good mm-hmm. among them.
3: We also learn here, uh, we get another mention of Eschaton.
1: Yeah, I, w- mm-hmm. I wanted you to remind me. It feels like, like you guys talked about Eschaton earlier when it came up, and I... So I was having it, trouble. it's just
3: mentioned in passing earlier that it's, a, it's some kind of a tennis game based on a computer game about nuclear conflagration or something like that.
2: Yeah. I said, I said
1: oh, go
3: ahead. Uh, wasn't there like a footnote that kind of went into more depth about it? That's all. I, I believe that's all we know about it right now. I could okay. be wrong. I know that there is... Uh, uh, from my last reading, I know that one of the longer footnotes in the book is uh, involves the rules to Escaton and oh, the okay. play of Escaton. So we'll
1: find more because apparently um, Oren was really good at it.
3: Well, he was the, the first. Strategy. He was the first game master. Is that right? Yes. Um, yeah. And at the time, it was mostly marginal and played by kind of burnout eta students who weren't really competitive tennis players
1: i had a question mark about it when i was trying to figure out what exactly it was <laughs> sounds like a uh some kind of a, a mixture of like armageddon and the game of risk and uh yeah. the game of magic
3: <laughs> mm, <laughs> all kind of all jumbled yeah. together yeah.
1: But I don't know what that would look they, like. Can't quite picture what it would look like.
3: So so they say that it's it's Oren and a a Croatian refugee transfer kind of n- developed this as a as a game that's played at ETA. And it also mentions that Decade magazine ran a piece about Escaton and its applied use of pink 2 um which the endnote tells us is, the, is Microsoft's per, first post-Windows version of yes. DOS.
4: Yes, yes.
3: Uh, mm-hmm. Which I think is a hilarious idea that, that Windows came and went, but DOS remained. Uh, <laughs> right. It, it involves some sort of like complex algorithm or like some sort of computational something or other. Like it's not just a matter of adding things up or like simple scorekeeping.
1: Right. It must be really complex.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um, also,
2: uh, in the thing about Escaton, um, it says that it helped a great deal with the math computer stuff. ETA tended to be a bit right. weak, in, mm. yeah.
4: which
2: right. answered a yeah. question from last week. Right. I had
1: a question about that too. That seems mm-hmm. so weird that ETA is is weak in math and computer because James O was the founder of the school and wasn't that his thing? Math like no, physics and, and physics and Yeah,
2: physics and optics, not so, so much math and computers.
1: Although math would play a heavy role mm-hmm. in optics.
2: Right. Yeah, and, and definitely as a heavy, a heavy role in physics. Of
1: physics, yeah. Yeah. So so was was James O trying to just ditch his previous Life? I don't know. Or what what why would that not be I mean we see Avril's interests reflected in their in their grammar and language stuff.
4: hmm yeah. And we see
1: James O's film interest, but we don't really see that piece that led to his like ridiculously important discovery of annular
2: yeah, fusion. Yeah, right. How no. I would take it is that for James O, his physics and optics uh career just wasn't all that important to him and what was more important was his film work. And so yeah. that's kind of what he ends up bringing into the school
1: and kind of rejecting
0: the other piece as like Yeah. Hmm. Well, I thought that Pemulus's, uh scholarship had something to do with physics. Oh, yes, it did. with optics. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The and he, and, he, and he has all this like
3: like lens grinding equipment and stuff in the tunnels. Right. Right. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm not sure why why that deficit in the curriculum. Yeah.
0: Because also, as we spoke about last, <laughs> last week, it's a lopsided curriculum.
4: It's mm-hmm, not
0: mm-hmm. pedagogically sound. Yeah. Exactly.
4: <laughs> no. And that's okay
0: because it's fictional. Mm-hmm. But it's a wonder that it can
1: be accredited as a school. <laughs>
3: I don't know. So I mean, there, there's plenty of bad <laughs> schools that are accredited.
1: Yeah. but they should at least say that they have a curriculum that covers the broad range of expected.
3: Uh, well, they do have math classes. Didn't it say that they were reading Flatland for a geometry class?
1: Oh, I thought it. W-
3: I'm not sure if it said for a geometry. I'm said not sure Which it class? Said
0: geometry class. No, it says it a teacher. Oh. For yeah. either Flatman or Shawuff or Thorpe.
2: I've got the first of a few vocabulary words that I wanted to look up, but I couldn't find anything about. So maybe you guys
3: can. Uh, okay. And that is deaflatucized. So so aflatus is like inspiration, like divine inspiration. So I would say deaflatusized would be someone who has lost their inspiration or kind of burned out. OK. OK. Yeah.
1: So they're yeah, kind of, a, it's sense. a kind of made up word.
3: Yes. Okay. Based
1: on an actual word.
3: Yes. It's sort a word of. that's been tinkered with in somebody's a garage. tinkered with.
4: Yeah.
3: Okay. <laughs> so then we get into, we talk, so we talk about Oren's decision then, uh, because his ranking is not very good, uh, and he doesn't want to be a pro rector, uh, to go to college. Mm-hmm. I
1: thought... I thought this is another window into the – the more I learn about the Incandenza family, the more Mm -hmm. uh, appalled I am by
4: them. Hmm. Yes.
1: Say more. Well, I kind of – I do kind of understand Avril a little bit, and maybe that's because she's the mother and I'm a mother. And I – so I kind of understand what her – some of her issues like that she doesn't want uh, she really really doesn't want her kids to be to be influenced unduly by what she thinks they should do mm-hmm. but it's uh, like she has a but, phobia but, of but, but people like,
3: thinking that
1: yes and she's like it's like a crazed determination to not influence them
3: yeah so but, she but she her explains influence
1: is so crazed yeah, That is clearly all Oren can think about.
4: Like, right. She says, so it so first she, says,
3: yeah, it first says it was kind of a joint Oren incandenza slash Avril incandenza decision to go to right. Boston U. Right. Um, and she explains to him that she wants to be sure not to influence his decision in any way. And so anytime. He enters the room for she like leaves. three weeks. She claps her hands over her mouth and leaves the room. Right. Right. So um, that she
1: won't say like as if he won't know. I think earlier right. it says uh, uh Sh- Avril tells him that, that whatever he decides to do will please his parents, but mm-hmm. he knows mm-hmm. what they wanted him to that they wanted him to go to college. I think that's probably also the
3: Right, and and the, specifically to somewhere close by.
1: Well, that comes up, or, like, first First, it was like step, steps in right. reeling him in, like, yeah, we hope he goes to college, but of course we won't tell him that, because whatever he do, does is fine, but isn't that the truth of, right. uh, I guess that's why I feel a certain affinity with her, is because I would say that's true of me, that I, I want my kids to know that I support their decisions. You know, mm-hmm. what, what you mm-hmm. want to do, I want you to do what you want to do, but they certainly know what I think, what uh, I yeah. think and
3: Yeah, I think, so first you, of all, I think you are a much better mother than Avril and Candenza. <laughs>
1: well, I, mean, I didn't cover my mouth and
3: run from the <laughs> Well, Well, I, I think that the difference here is that I, I'm not convinced that, she isn't doing that, she isn't behaving this way on purpose, at least to You're some degree. Yeah, and, and in really? fact, it, it, I think so. I, I mean, I, really? I, yeah, I think so. I, I don't think that it's like coldly calculated, like I'm gonna pretend not to care so hard in this particular way, but it, I think it's more like you know, she's got this fear of being seen as controlling, but she also has this need to control. Well, that's every mother's problem. Let
1: me just say that's every mother's problem.
3: Well, perhaps. (laughs) But it it really, I mean, it's really amplified by just kind of the way that she interacts with her kids. You know what? what
1: what Yeah, I'm not sure I thought that either. But maybe. Well, it's
3: it's what leads Oren to say that she's kind of a contortionist with other people's bodies.
1: Right. Which is a good line. Hmm. Her, she has so much influence over her boys. And part of the reason she does is whether she's doing it on purpose or not, to try not to influence this whole crazed, non-influencing thing, it, it has more of an impact because James O is so completely absent.
3: Right. And he's like barely and even aware that Oren is, yeah... I think it says later after Oren goes to BU, it's unclear whether James O even knew that he was in Boston.
1: Unclear whether, Mm. yeah, that he knew that he went to college and for sure unclear that he knew that he lived in Boston.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's so awful. Mm -hmm. So, so then what? You have the one parent who pays no attention to you at all. And then the other parent who pays no attention and gives no guidance at all. And then the yeah. other parent who would like to give guidance but is determined not to. Who,
3: make, who makes advantage-disadvantage uh, charts uh, about, <laughs> about your college decision and then refuses uh, to say anything about it, like like aggressively refuses to say anything about it.
0: I don't know. When uh, I, I don't know if I told you this, but when I was in the process of choosing a college... Um, I didn't know what to pick, and I kept asking my mom what which she thought that I should pick between uh-huh. my two front runners. And uh-huh. she's like, I'm not going to tell you, but I'm going to write on a piece of paper where I think you're going to pick, and I'm going to seal it in an envelope, and you can open it after you pick. So I ultimately uh-huh. picked... But then when I opened the envelope, the name on the, the university was the other one.
2: <gasps> oh, no. And I was like,
0: so did I pick wrong? So
1: what does that mean? Does that mean <laughs> that I picked the one
3: that... Well, it's complicated. Like, like, did she
1: think that I would pick the one that she didn't want, that she wouldn't pick? Right, yeah. Because right, it's, not,
3: it's not that it's she was not writing necessary. down the one she thought you should pick. So no, like a whole she, other she was trying there. to
0: read my mind.
3: <laughs> yeah. So would she
0: think, would her prediction
1: be that you would choose the one that she picked or that she would choose the one, that you would choose the I never other asked. one just because? I was mm. just
0: horrified because I didn't know, I was happy with my decision ultimately, but. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you could brood about that for a long time. <laughs> like, what did that mean? That we yeah, had the, that, that, there was that a
4: heart-stopping moment.
1: <laughs> like I say, it's a problem for mothers. I think hmm. it's a, you know, it's a fine line between being supportive and somehow giving opinions in a way that truly conveys that you don't want to make the choice for your kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yet... And yet, by not saying anything or completely, if, if you if you don't say anything or have conversations at all about it, then you're James O, who just yeah. stepped back and didn't have anything to say. I don't know. It's hard
0: to be a mother. I think that's what comes from the Avril character.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: I really, I didn't read nefarious intent in her running from the room or staunchly refusing to make a decision for Orin. I I think I read Good Intentions into that. I feel like... And Goofiness. I feel like Avril has read some parenting book
1: that she uses. (laughs) It's like the parenting Bible. And so... She does things that she believes the book would tell her to do like don't influence your child's life decisions
4: mm-hmm.
1: unduly or your if your child has been involved in a in a traumatic event get them help immediately don't wait to see how they do get them help immediately I feel mm-hmm. like she has like this list from a book about yeah. what a good yeah. mother would do show up at the sporting events, you know, be there mm-hmm. to support them, even if you're not really that interested in their sports careers, actually.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and and so then she tries so hard to follow the directives that she has gleaned from reading this parenting book that she does stupid things like putting her hands over her mouth and running from the room because she's. <laughs> She's like more, she's like more tuned into following the advice and the the edicts from her reading than she is about actually being like genuine <laughs> somehow. I don't know. Poor Orin. I also keep, I keep getting confused about these boys' ages.
4: Hmm.
2: Yeah. I keep
1: thinking that Orin is closer in age to both Mario and Hal, but he is like... Five years older than Mario.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's and right. Like six I don't or know seven, that we know exactly. Six or seven but. years
1: older than... Well, it said there was something right at the beginning about the age that he oh, was and the age like that... Mario
3: was... Or, or Hal was 11 when he graduated high school? Yeah,
1: something something. There was some, some description somewhere of ages. got of out of competitive mm-hmm. tennis when Hal was nine and Mario yeah. nearly 11. Oh, right. Oh, okay. So Mario and Hal are less than two years apart.
3: Yeah. Right. Yeah. They're one year apart.
1: Like a year and a half. Like my yeah. sister and I. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Close. Mm-hmm. And then Oren is much older. Yeah. Orin would be like my brother Byron to me and Doris. I would Mm -hmm. be Mario in this situation and Terry (laughs) wouldn't exist. But yeah, and that's a really big gap. When I think of when I think of my brother and me growing up, you know, he was. I don't think of him. I don't think of a lot of interactions with him because he Mm. was just that much older that he was always ahead of me and. You know, like he wasn't in elementary school when I was and he wasn't, you know, he was always ahead and not really spending time in the same environment in a way. Mm-hmm. And so he was out of he had graduated from ETA. When Hal was probably just getting started there. Yeah,
3: yeah, probably.
1: And so that makes the phone conversation that kind of explains the phone conversations because it's kind yeah. of. Uh, the kind of conversations I have with um, my brother.
3: We get a little more about CT here. Also, that CT uh, land, uh, lands a scholarship for Oren at Boston University.
0: Wait, CT. wait, wait! Whoa, have we have we can't jump past the fact that CT and Avril both run out of rooms for different reasons around the same oh, time. Oh, right. Yes. Oh, right,
3: yeah. So, right. I can't so remember we also, why he we leaves. Why does he we leave? Establish a, we establish, so there's a couple things we establish here. One is that CT is Avril's step-slash-half-brother. Is that the way it's Adoptive. described? Adoptive. Adoptive. Yeah. hmm Yes. Yeah.
1: Slash-half-brother.
3: Okay. Yes.
1: So they they um, are not biologically siblings at all. Even part right. siblings.
3: Yeah.
0: Well, a half brother would be partially well, a so, sibling. So this is
3: it? I feel like I need to see a family tree or something, because that seems vague to me. I agree. Like
0: it means
3: do, Does that mean that Avril's Avril had a parent who remarried and then they adopted C T? Is that what's meant by adoptive half brother?
0: I mm, was yes. under the Or uh,
1: Or
3: Or Um, Avril
2: remarried to somebody who adopted CT or um, Avril's parents remarried to somebody who adopted CT
1: or So, so mother married remarried someone who's remarried CT's father remarried married CT's father and then adopted him.
3: Right. Yeah. So I think it's it's unclear whether or not there's any...
1: But it's not... If he's adopted, then it's not biological.
3: Right. Right, yes. No matter
1: how you right. look at it. CT... CT,
3: CT is CT, intolerable. CT,
1: CT comes across as really creepy the more we know about it.
2: Yeah, yeah. And he's coming across more and more like uh, Claudia, I thought. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, for sure. Like um, who?
1: Is this Claudia? is a reference? reference?
2: Uh, so, oh wait, wait, so wait, a a minute, wait, a minute, wait a
3: minute! Wait a minute! Uh, uh, that very well-known play. Hamlet. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think that there's some Claudius-type stuff going on here. Um, yeah. So it mentions that he's so Avril is obsessed with like running out of rooms whenever Oren is around, and CT. Is obsessed with like staring at Mario from a distance, but but like running out of the room when Mario actually gets close to him.
1: Yeah, so what's that about? It's so interesting because when we read the book, we all have we all find Mario to be one of the more likable characters, actually, and yet now we know that CT. For some reason, can't stand to be around him. Right. And Oren didn't really like Mario, per Joel. And Joel avoided him because Mm -hmm. Mario didn't like him. And so you have all these people, all these key people that found him somehow unlikable or repulsive or something. Whereas Mm -hmm. we, the reader, we the, the readers find him rather endearing and kind and
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't know what that means either. Except each one of these boys, you feel sorry for them. They they each have their own separate miseries
4: being mm-hmm. part of the
1: incandenza family. You know, they each have their own cross to bear,
4: if you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> being part of the family.
3: hmm so so ct lands or in this scholarship uh, also the there's a an end note that mentions that the scholarships for most eta students are less about uh financial need and more about the self esteem of of feeling valued by the college when to them it just (laughs) going to college feels like an admission of failure right yeah failure right yeah Yeah.
1: um could we is it in here too that was it a end note somewhere that it or did we learn earlier about how ct or is that later that we learn about how ct uh became involved at eta
3: uh, yeah, at, so it's like after he, later? after he landed Oren's scholarship, he was brought on at ETA to be like James O's assistant kind of. And that
1: he was and that he was he was at a Canadian sort of a lower tier yes. Canadian yes. university as uh. as sort of a prorector, right? He had a really lowly position there? Uh, yeah. At, mm-hmm. Is that at at a Thro- lowly
3: Shire, Yeah.
1: Yeah. Kind of a a low level position at a low level university in Canada.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And
3: then and then the instant that James O dies, he swoops in and becomes the yes. headmaster uh even be- though e-
1: people 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 wonder why Avril didn't become the headmaster
3: Which Oh, I but still it gets don't...
1: addressed every yeah. year. Right. Yeah. It comes up every single year. Is that at the anniversary it's, of James O's death or what or is uh, it a... it's
0: it's like the opening speech oh, on 287 288
3: okay. Right. Um, so in late August
0: okay. CT addresses the school and is like yeah it seems obvious that Avril would have taken it but how would headmistress have sounded what a patronizing
3: right. dumb mm. thing to say because yeah. Ross
1: is a very Trump-like figure, yeah. Like when he speaks every year to the the assembled students and faculty, he says the same darn things. The reruns, mm-hmm. the the ridiculous comments about Avril couldn't be. I mean, it's like reruns over and over and over, and mm-hmm. such a clod.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. and and expressed differently than Trump, but he also has a, seems to have a very fragile ego. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That that he expresses as like just existential insecurity at all times. <laughs> uh, he yeah. talks about him him worrying to Mario and Avril about whether or not he's a genuine three D person. Uh, right. Yeah. And, and, and like just obsessing over the fact that Oren's never thanked him for getting him a, getting him a scholarship. And that he's, he's BU. willing
1: to, that he will absorb everyone's resentment.
3: Right. <laughs> like without, right. Yeah. without. Uh, and, and he, even he describes, or it's, I assume it's him. It feels like it's kind of narration from his perspective where it talks about how his job at, ETA in dealing with all these, like, fellowships and, and funding issues and certifications and stuff is that he, he uh, achieves total worry.
4: Oh, right. Uh, so mm-hmm. it, it needs
3: to, ETA needs to be run by someone who could achieve total worry.
1: The other thing about this annual address, that's where it yeah. mentions that the students at ETA still are wearing black armbands.
3: Right.
0: And that's James, in memory yeah, of James for, O, right? And, uh, and that's like four, four years like, later that they're four still years, doing that? Wearing- I was wondering if that was because of a, like, during special assemblies and stuff, they uh-huh. do that. Right. So that it right. doesn't seem like they're showing too much pomp.
3: Right, And is
1: it because they're still mourning his laws or is it a like a protest against
4: I,
3: the fact I'm that CT about has that.
1: stepped in?
4: Is
3: like a silent
1: protest?
3: Oh, no, I guess not. I thought there were mentions of some ETA students who wore the armbands in competition also. But perhaps Mm. I made that up.
4: I
0: thought they did. That sounds familiar, but I think that that was a temporary thing during competitions right after. I can't yes. remember. Now I wonder, though.
3: It's because I have an ebook, I have searchable text. I searched for armband, and it's the, the word does not come up before this mention. Huh. Okay. In my notes, I I, I wrote, this guy is just intolerable. I, I cannot stand this man.
1: He is, and there's something about him. And so, like, Oren got his scholarship, right? Apparently, thanks to CT's right. intervention... Although um, oh, but then, I, I don't
3: know or like the, not, the, the tennis team at BU is described as being so just like
4: casual
3: right. and largely unskilled that right. I, I don't know how much CT had to do with that beyond like introducing the tennis coach to Oren.
4: Right. Then,
1: but then Oren, it was, it was something it's after that, that CT says, you know, that Oren never thanked him. And at some point it says that Oren like Oren didn't go home after that. Like not only right. did he not like yeah. CT, but he, but he, he never, uh, he never came home during summer breaks or anything after that.
2: Hmm. Yeah.
1: So what does he know about CT? Maybe. I mean, it seems. Yeah. CT I mean, it is does dis- seem. CT is annoying, and we don't like him just the little that we've read about him. But it feels like. It's more than that with Oren, if that keeps him from going
0: home. I mean, on 286, CT opined on 4 July YDPAH after Oren, who now had plenty of free summertime, declined his fifth straight invitation, blah, 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 uh, that he might be harboring a resentment over CT moving into the headmaster's office and changing the door's motto before himself's microwaved head had even cooled. Uh, right. Which yeah. seems to me like, yeah, another Hamlet. Yeah, he, he used those meats from the from the funeral for that wedding. Mm-hmm. Right? They just yeah. jumped and in there.
2: We did have like a conversation between Oren and Hal, where Oren was asking CT and yeah. how long. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So,
1: but it also seems like Oren. I mean, so it was. I think it said. He graduated like four years before, was it four years before his father killed himself? Mm-hmm. And even then, he wasn't going home in the summers.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So it was even before that that he was mm. perhaps avoiding CT?
3: Yeah, I don't know what that's about. Yeah. Except that based on what little interaction I've had with C.T. as a reader, uh, it's possible that Oren just dislikes him a lot. <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: And is perhaps just totally annoyed that that others don't see through him, especially his yeah. mother, maybe. Yeah. You know, that she is not also just totally appalled by him.
3: Right. Mm-hmm.
2: Before we move on, we also had that footnote that kind of described a little bit of the pro and kind of uh, how they are basically just sad and not really that.
3: Yeah, uh, some of them are feared, but none of them are respected. Right, Uh, yeah. They have a sort of... uh, uh, the, that grad schoolish sense of arrested adolescence and reality avoidance about them. Oh, I wonder what yeah. you grad. I
4: wondered what you, grad,
1: <laughs> wondered what you uh,
0: recent grad students had to say about that comment. Oh yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. I, did yeah, I was 100%. wondering about that too. I mean, yeah, totally. Oh,
0: okay. But <laughs> I feel I take umbrage at it being. Uh, dismissed as a kind of ennui. I
3: it's think not merely ennui. <laughs> I, I, I felt particularly as, uh, in my experience as an MFA grad that, uh, th- this really cut close to home and it made me <laughs> made me think that maybe this is David Foster Wallace writing what he knows. <laughs>
1: uh huh. And so the pro basically are recruited from those students that. Aren't good enough to become professional tennis players, right? It was one of yeah. the list of that. Like you could either uh, go to college, or you could play tennis in a in a in a European league or somewhere, some yeah. or play somewhere that it wasn't as competitive. Probably not yeah. Europe. I don't know where that would be. Or I think right. Eastern Europe is maybe a, one that
3: they mentioned. You could I'm become a, a so. <laughs> like, right, like, right, and <laughs> they say like, so. It sounds like that's sort of informally uh, established as being a two-year post, also, right. and and they mentioned right. that Oren Oren says like what 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 do you do after that? Then it's not like
1: right. It just you're delays. any better off. Yeah. Right. It
3: mm-hmm. delays
1: the inevitable need to choose. Yeah. Which isn't a bad thing. From yeah. My perspective as an old person looking back, <laughs> buying your time yourself, some time to choose is not a bad thing.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. But so this is the point that Oren. Um, decides to drop tennis for football and he gives mm-hmm. these kind of so that they say his his reasons for dropping tennis seem totally believable that he's burned out and he can't imagine himself being any better of a player than he was in the past and and he just can't bring himself to to care enough to work hard and improve um but that he has he has no convincing reason for why he wants to start playing football mm-hmm. except that he's smitten with joelle who is a like a baton twirler on the right. the pep squad which seems like mm-hmm. not at all the kind of thing i would imagine joelle doing
2: yeah yeah that thing and also kind of um how she's uh described in terms of um how she looks and everything was also not quite how i pictured joelle
3: yeah yeah, she's like. What was she's got sort of. Um, bright, well, bright yeah. bright green uh, eyes and- Yeah, two eighty
0: nine. A certain big haired okay. sophomore baton twirler, you watch twirl and strut from a distance through the diffracted spectrum of the plumed sprinklers. Um, yeah, big yeah. haired
3: is not. Uh, right uh, and definitely uh, not how I was imagining Joelle. Um, right. And somewhere it
2: describes her, I'm pretty sure, yeah, bright green eyes and red hair. I
3: yeah.
4: think
3: you're right. Uh, the, the, the one description that does seem to track is it talks about her, her voice being a mid-southern accent in her oddly flat but resonant voice that sounded like someone enunciating very carefully inside a soundproof enclosure.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Here we go on page 290. The big hair was red gold and the skin peachy tinged pale and arms freckled and zygomatics indescribable and her mm-hmm. eyes an extra natural HD mm. green. Yeah.
1: I would invite you to Google uh, 1990s hairstyles and then you'll understand mm. the big, the big <laughs> hair reference.
2: Yeah. Um, Just also, Google it and
1: look at the images. I'm Really, I mean the big hair. Oh, it's not okay. like... It's not big hair like when I think of big hair, I sort of think of the old uh, style, like the stereotypical like Texas hairstyles with the right. teased mm-hmm. and the you know hair, the,
3: hair with the rat in it. Yeah, right.
1: This this hairstyle, big hair, it looks a little different in the '90s. Yeah, but definitely big hair.
2: Uh, and while we're googling, I've got vocabulary word number. Here, that mm-hmm. I was going to look up. I couldn't find anything. Maybe you guys did. Askapartit.
3: I did look that up. Does it mean. Um, oh, wait, yes. Uh, Askapart uh, was a giant from English folklore. Mm. Uh, supposedly conquered by Bevis of Hampton, though so huge as to carry Bevis, his wife, and horse under his arm. He was 30 feet tall, but the smallest of his land and was defeated after his club made from a whole tree was swung at Sir Bevis and became stuck in the soft ground. Rather than slaying the giant, Sir Bevis decided to make him his squire. Later, (laughs) Ascapart betrayed Bevis and took his wife, uh, Josiane, who was imprisoned with Ascapart as her jailer. For this, Ascapart was Mm. killed by Bevis's friends when they freed Josiane. So I'm not quite sure how that relates to, Cleft chinned male model looking wildly successful in business adult males. Uh, I except guess um, that it, 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 it's like describing someone who's just monumentally intimidating to right, yeah, college students.
4: Yeah,
3: and then
2: finally, I was going to look up Bill Tilden, uh, who's a tennis player who's been uh, was referenced. Oh, I but, looked him up,
1: but I can't oh, okay. remember what I found. He was real. He was tall.
2: Mm.
4: He
1: was... Uh, I must not have been impressed because I didn't make a note about
2: it. <laughs> yeah, okay. I did
0: look him up. I also looked up a thing that happens on this page. Mm. Ooh. Um, and it's the Actaeon complex? Mm. Oh, oh yes. okay. Yeah, yes.
2: yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, which the book describes as a kind of deep by legenic fear of transhuman beauty. Mm. Uh, This complex is not real. Okay. Mm. Uh, But it does refer to the character of Greek myth who stumbled upon a grotto while out hunting where he saw Artemis bathing. And uh, she was offended, and according to my Edith Hamilton, the offended divinity gave not a thought to whether the youth had purposely insulted her or had come there in all innocence. So she turned him into a stag, and he was chased and killed by his own hounds.
4: Oh.
0: Oh. <laughs> uh, so relating Joelle's beauty to a a complex, a fictional complex that is named after this Greek mythological character speaks to beauty as destructive.
3: Yeah, or and, like as, as a potential right. threat somehow. Right. And also, yeah.
0: I find it really interesting that that exists in contrast to the deformities that we've been seeing with right. which people live full and happy lives.
3: Yes. Mm-hmm. Good point. Yeah. Good Because yeah,
0: Mario is... Uh, Jokingly mentioned as having all these deformities, but he's right.
3: he's doing cheerful fine. Yeah,
0: and he's doing yeah. just fine. Mm-hmm.
3: Lateral Alice Moore and the grief counselor—they seem to be all right.
0: Yeah, yeah and Marat. Right. Marat. Uh-huh. Um, wow. Well. Yeah.
3: Whereas uh, <laughs> jo- Joel is described as being <laughs>
0: grotesquely lovely.
3: Yeah, grotesquely lovely. Mm-hmm. Right.
0: Um, Which I guess she- is flattering. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess but it 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 does, you
1: know. She's she's suffered in her life. People shun her because they're too afraid to approach her because they think that more attractive people than than them would be the ones
0: that would be allowed to approach.
3: <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: I feel like that's not a good enough reason.
3: Right. And really all she wants to do is make films.
0: As it turns out.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, which Ar- makes it all the more tragic that she wasn't friends with Mario because you would have thought that the two of them would get along really beautifully. Yeah, right. yeah, they would.
1: There's also, on this same page, there's also the one line about uh, Orin in Candenza, who, like many children of raging alcoholics and OCD sufferers, had internal yeah. addictive sexuality issues.
4: Mm-hmm. Which...
1: It was a bleak description of his family. Yeah. His parenting. Yeah.
0: But I feel like it can't. we can't hold that against his parents. I don't know.
1: As we go on in this chapter, in well, this chunk of I mean, like, text, their mental I, health. <laughs> I have to say that I... I I guess I must have been some in some ways withholding judgment on James O because he had a terrible childhood himself. But I find that after reading this chunk, I I have begun to hate James O and think that he is uh, not only a terrible father, but a terrible person.
3: Yeah,
1: who without. Thinking or caring, did Light has done serious harm to probably all of his children, but for sure, in this case, Oren and that there's really no excuse.
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even mm-hmm. his
1: warped, unhappy upbringing himself. I don't know. That's mean of me, right, to feel that way about him, but
0: I just I, keep coming I, back. Yeah. It just keeps coming back to people not being able to control their mental wellness. And whether they have a mental health disorder is not something that they can control. However, I do think that you have, you definitely have a case in terms of you can do something about it, i.e. get treatment. Mm -hmm. um, Which he did try, but did he try hard enough? We don't know. And what was yeah. his motivation
1: for trying? I mean, what is his right. motivation? Does he really have a motivation
4: mm.
3: for
1: trying to get it, treatment? It all seems like, very does he have internal. Any, like- does he have any desire to be a better father, for instance?
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like at least
1: it, Avril, I think it, in all of her weirdness and awfulness, she, like I said, it feels like she's read parenting books.
4: Right. Which indicates
1: yeah. that it matters to her. Yeah. That she be a good mother, and and so I think motives matter. If she's, if you're trying, and because of your mental, you know, your mental health issues that you have, you can't pull it off. That's one thing. But to be so, uh, it's so like so wrapped up in your own self that you can't even want to try. Which I don't see. I don't. I don't know that we've seen any indication of James O wanting to try to be a better father.
3: Yeah. Okay. It, it, yeah. Any time that we hear anything about James O's relationship with his kids, it doesn't feel like a parental relationship. It feels like these kids are acquaintances of him. Yeah. Of his. Or mm-hmm. like they're yeah. they're they're sometimes right. interesting roommates or like or something, but they're not he doesn't have, he doesn't feel any sense of responsibility towards them about anything.
0: Right. They happen to live in the same area.
3: Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah.
0: Right.
1: And, you know, I guess that can be a result of his bad mental health, but I don't know. The fact that he doesn't seem to have any, I mean, even these, even the, the drug addicts that we read about, have impulses like to be better people, if you will, mm-hmm. to be yeah. mm-hmm. and i I just don't get that when we read about james O yeah, and I feel really sorry for his children
2: mm-hmm. yeah,
1: and I wonder how it's possible that he had a wife
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> because what about mm-hmm. him? Would lead you to want to spend time with him unless it was in that, you know, the realm of his filmmaking and, you know, something like that, that you could get sucked into the project Mm -hmm. and the excitement of of the project, even though the person was completely self-centered and self-absorbed or Mm. I don't know what, what, what did he used to be different? Did he change drastically at some point?
3: That's possible. I don't know.
1: It is possible. But right now, I don't like him. Here, <laughs> almost to page 300 in the book.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> we also, there's a little interesting, it's not really an interlude, but it's just kind of a slight detour in the narration where they talk about uh, it talks about Oren going to visit uh, Joelle's family in Shiny yeah. Prize, Kentucky. Oh, which yeah. Which I looked up, and, and uh, there's a mention of another place in Kentucky nearby that is a real town. But Shiny Prize, as far as I can tell, doesn't exist. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so her... Does she call him her own personal daddy or something like yeah. that? Yeah. Her yeah. uh, own Is a, is daddy. a chemist... And there's a thing about, uh, I think I I know what you're going for. And 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 his father uh, showed
1: him all kinds of, showed Oren stuff, but he said that her father never
0: smiled at him.
3: Right. Which is just kind of his, she says is just just kind of his way. Um,
0: Is it, uh, his incredible Pyrex collection of every solution in the known world that can turn blue litmus paper red? Yes. Yeah, little red that's, rectangles that's, floating that's, in the yes.
3: flasks for proteins. Yes. That there is an acid collection.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. Um. So that feels like a a red flag, literally. Ooh, yeah. Um. I'm not sure where that's leading, but although, it definitely feels leading.
1: Although, no. so they so first, so this is the first. When they first started living together, right, Joel mm-hmm. and Oren, or before that, maybe before that, they had yeah, some, they were kind going of around the same together. time. They, and and they went to the Incandenza Thanksgiving,
3: where mm-hmm. there's yeah. a
1: reference to uh, uh, jo, Joel had trouble with Avril. There was some mm-hmm. kind of trouble with Avril. Mm. And Joel, oh, which I don't think it describes, Yes, she survived Avril. She survived Avril, and there was something about that, and that then they did Christmas with her family, and that Oren had kind of some some trouble with her father, just like Av- just like Joel had had some trouble with Avril,
4: mm-hmm. uh,
1: and his trouble was that the father father wouldn't smile at him. But on the other hand, I felt like. Her family seemed so much more normal than the incandenses. <laughs> yeah. Even though he has this mm-hmm. this collection, this strange collection. He at least shared it. He showed it off. Yeah. And, you know, yes, he didn't smile, but as Joel said, that's his way. He doesn't really, you know, he doesn't smile. But he's sharing he's sharing this thing that he that he's passionate about at least. And to me it seemed like and showing the boyfriend. Mhm. Uh, mm-hmm. I doubt that Avril showed Joel anything. I, yeah. I, I that Avril was I don't I don't know. So in in a way I felt like I felt like they should have just kept going and spending holidays with with Joel's family, weird as they yeah. were, mm-hmm. that in some ways they were a more together family unit.
4: Mhm. Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know, maybe that's just because I'm so down on the incandanzas
0: right now. Maybe that's I yeah. feel, I that feel like we didn't get a whole nature, lot out of her mother? Did does I Yeah, she I is missed, in here. Is she?
3: I missed well, she any mention of her.
0: her. With Joelle mentioned- and her mother and personal daddy and his loyal pointers. Mm. Right. A yeah. storm cellar to her. Um So she's just mentioned in passing.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: But I guess a silent <laughs> addition to the yeah. dinner table.
3: Yeah. We did kind of gloss over uh, Oren's revelatory moment in <laughs> football. Right. Yeah. He's trying like he just can't he, his, his tennis brain can't fathom the idea of coming into contact with another player. And so it seems like football is really not a good fit for him. <laughs> um, right. This uh, whole thing and, uh, has
1: made me think of of Vinny and his slapstick uh, comments <laughs> again, too. Uh, it seems, yeah. And it <laughs> seems to come up around football a lot. Yeah. Because we had the, you know, the mascots dressed as. Or the players dressed oh, yeah. as their mascots. And now we have this whole, this whole awakening to football that Orin has is so, is so silly.
3: Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but, I, you know, I do, I like the argument that the narration presents that it is kind of, there's some changes, but it's ultimately the thing that he's most familiar with, like lobbing like getting right. getting the ball over the opponent's Up head and, and down like like down as far away as possible while remaining in bounds. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Right. So it turns out he's really good at it after some practice. And it's I I mean it was kind of exciting to read like I got excited seeing him be excited about anything.
2: Right. And he oh. loves the
1: roar of the crowd, this yeah. this yeah. noise that he says what, it blocks out the silence. Right. It, 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 which is sad, but mm. still, but that he loves that roar of the crowd and the just the and the challenge. It seems it. like he,
3: he loves the challenge of it and the the potential for improvement. Yeah, the a massive development carrot.
1: Right. He says it's. He even describes it as sort of a uh, spiritual pull, emotional mm-hmm. and spiritual more than athletic.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a,
1: de- a denial of silence, that's what he said. Mm-hmm. The roar of the crowd is like a denial of... Which it, is, he says he literally could not hear himself think out there on the field.
3: Right. Which is ultimately what draws Joel to him, is that he, he seems to have a different relationship with football than anyone else that she knows, than uh-huh. anyone else on the team.
1: He says that he escaped himself out yeah. on the field. Which... That made me think, for some reason, of the addicts that we have met. Mm. Like Kate, Kate mm. Gompert, oh, who yeah. wants more than anything to just be able to escape her mind. Escape mm-hmm. her, right? Wrap her brain up and leave it somewhere.
2: Mm-hmm. Right, that, yeah.
1: Escaping yourself. And that he's he does it by getting out there on the football field now. Mm-hmm. Also, there was a reference somewhere. It was on page 291 about about AA. I don't know how that even... Why were they talking about AA at that point? Uh, but it's something about almost almost nothing important that ever happens to you happens because you engineer it.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, that, mm.
1: I, I like that. That whole thing, like, be open. He was definitely open.
3: It is funny. That's like a little little tiny narration from Don Gately's perspective, even though we're not in Don Gately's story. Oh, mm. yeah.
0: yeah. Okay. Destiny has no
1: beeper. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and how true that is sometimes, you know? It's like you think you're you're floundering around trying to figure out what you want to do next, and then something happens that you think, oh, I could do that. And Mm -hmm. you do it, and you find out that you're really, you know, that it's a good thing for you to be
4: doing. (laughs) In his
1: case, punting the football. Yeah. Yeah. With such power that the lump of his foot hitting the the egg shaped so, ball, as they always refer to it. You
3: so know, yeah, just so here's outrageous. here's a question that I have. This seems I Ooh. don't know if this is intentional or not, but is the narrator equating Oren's kicking with the waste disposal catapults? Don't they make uh, the same sound?
2: They do, kind of. I think so. Do, do yeah. they yeah. described kind
3: of. as as making a whoop?
1: I hadn't thought of that.
3: Yeah. yeah. I, I, think I don't right. know why that would be. He's but.
1: kicking the, the waste and garbage of his life away every time he punts <laughs> the ball.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> and why could he do that? That was my question. So he's a tennis player, right? He has this crazily uh, overdeveloped arm.
3: It's like, uh, I think it's but, like how with the toenails, it's just like, you know, because it, it even describes the moment that he like picks up the ball and he's like, well, maybe I'll try kicking this. And he doesn't know anything about kicking. It says he's right. never kicked a ball right. And, right. and he just Boom. tries it and it turns out he's good at it. Like, that's uh, that's fascinating. He's
4: not,
1: he's not just good at it. He's like he kicks the football. Harder than any human kicks the well, football, it feels they, like. They,
3: I mean, he does practice. He practices for a long time before he actually kicks in a game. And right. then that first kick is the one that goes like, it's like a
4: right. a 90-yard kick into like the stands.
3: Like kick into the high. Right. High,
1: the really sad part to me was after they did the Thanksgiving with the incandenses and then they did Christmas in Kentucky, that Oren told some of his friends that he was in love.
3: Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: That was heartbreaking to me.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah, and in general, Oren and Joelle's relationship, I mean, it doesn't sound necessarily all that tender, but it sounds a lot better and a lot healthier than uh, Oren's present relationships. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it feels and very how...
3: genuine, and, yeah, like, he's, yeah. he's very... They're both very emotionally invested in it. Yeah. Uh, he, he... Which is... He,
1: Supported Which Supported her film interests, even though he had to know from the very start mm-hmm. that there was risk involved in that—about mm-hmm. connecting her to anything that his father was involved with.
2: He right. Had to yeah. Know.
1: And yet, because she was she was so interested and yeah. wanted it so much, and because he loved her, he supported that interest,
3: mm-hmm. even to
1: his own detriment in the end.
3: Yeah. And it does, um, we do establish here that James O gave Joelle the name Madam Psychosis. Right. Mm -hmm.
0: So, we know that Joelle told Oren she preferred movies where a, quote, whole bunch of shit blows up.
4: Yes. Right. Mm -hmm.
0: Knowing that subsidized time started in and around 2000, I looked up the movies that came out oh, in 1999. Good. Oh, good. Oh, good. Where oh. a whole bunch of shit blows up.
2: Oh.
4: And
0: I have, have a short list. Oh, okay. good. Okay. Yes. Good. All right. I want to hear it. Important. <laughs> there was Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Ooh. Menace.
3: Huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was
0: The Matrix. Okay. Ooh. Perfect.
3: That's a perfect movie for this, like, yes. literary universe. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> uh, there was also The Mummy.
3: Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: The Blair Witch Project, which, okay, it wasn't a blow up things movie, but I thought it was interesting.
3: Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, fair enough.
0: And Fight Club.
3: Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. A whole bunch of shit blows up there. Oh, yes, definitely. Oh, yeah.
0: But lots of horror and comedy movies, not a whole lot of just straight action.
3: Huh. Yeah. That that's year. interesting.
0: Interestingly enough, but there you go. <laughs> These are movies that Oren and Joelle might have gone to see in the theater. We also learn sometime
1: around the time that they moved in together is when Oren first first uh, sees Joelle ingest cocaine.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. And there's
1: that whole con- that whole thing about um, that was just recreational use then for her, and that Oren. Oren didn't mind, and he didn't make a show of not minding. He's he reminded me of so much of his mother. Yes. In that. Like yeah. Instead mm. of instead of addressing it, or he was so focused on not showing that he had any reaction. Basically, it's like not right. wanting to sh- not wanting to influence, just like Avril
0: and him with his college choice.
4: choice. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I thought it was kind.
3: Yeah,
0: I mean. Yeah. I read tenderness in his treatment of Joelle while she's high, mm-hmm. but maybe that's me accidentally glamorizing drug usage.
3: Well, I mean, it, and based on context, I think we know that this is not going to end well, but also like, it does mention that he kind of enjoys it, right? Like he likes being sober around her while she's high. Mm, right, Um <laughs> So I I,
1: I kind of saw it as being a tender kind of thing too yeah. toward her. Another just accepting of who she was, but with that little incandenza twist
4: right. of mm. over
1: like overthinking in a way, mm-hmm. overthinking mm-hmm. how your response will be received by the other. Uh, mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't know. I thought that he definitely showed some of his mother.
3: A uh, brief. Uh, interlude here about Joelle's film gear. Um, uh-huh. So it mentions that she had a little film gear of her own before, but uh, eventually she, uh, she had access to nothing if not serious digital gear, uh, chiefly a Bolex R32 digital recorder, which has got to be something very similar to what Mario uses. Right. Uh, Bullock's mm-hmm. never made an R anything. Um, so this is just a complete invention. Uh, presumably some kind of digital version of an H6. They're most well-known for their like H16 line of 16 millimeter cameras. So I'm imagining something that's like a digital version of that. It also mentions that she has a, a bitching ingenue zoom lens. Uh, and they are really great. Those ingenue lenses are amazing. <laughs> mm. um, And then eventually she gets a Bolex-compatible Tatsuoka recorder with Sync Pulse, which I found strange because Sync Pulse is a real thing. Like, it's a a method for keeping film cameras in sync with external audio recorders. Um, But it's also a pretty old technology. It was originally called Pilotone, and it was more or less a thing of the past by the late 60s. So it's, mm. it's odd uh. that it would be mentioned here. Uh, it was replaced by crystal sync and and later by, like, digital time code, um, which would have been very well-established production methods by the time the book was written. The thing that I'm most puzzled over is that in amongst the um, the sound equipment that Oren brings home for her, uh, it, it includes a Barney to muffle the Bolex's whir. So a Barney is like... Um, uh, just imagine, like, a, a pillow that straps around the outside of a film camera. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea is that you, you put the Barney on and it muffles the sound of the film moving through the camera. Now, the thing that I cannot fathom and do not understand is if the Bolex is digital, there's n- not really any moving parts in it. So what is it muffling or why is it necessary
0: why is it still worrying?
3: Yes, exactly.
4: <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> hmm. Um, so I don't... I'm, yeah, I'm very skeptical of the way that, that cameras are written about in this book. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get the feeling that he, the author does not quite know... He doesn't quite have a coherent image of what he's talking about.
1: The other thing, the other thing that I was... I found interesting was who is it that helps teach her how to use uh, Disney Disney, Leaf Disney Leaf really kind of takes her under his wing yeah and teaches her how to use this stuff that Oren's procuring for her
3: Mm mhm I think he says that she's got a real she's she's got some natural talent as a camera Mm -hmm. operator like she has a really steady camera stance
1: right yeah Right, and that even um, before she had good equipment, she could shoot really steady yeah. video. Right. Yeah,
3: mm-hmm. which is I, I have to say that's a, a a valuable skill and one that's almost impossible to teach. Yeah, there's also this thing about Oren watching these like ten second clips of himself that right. that, that uh, Joel. Right. Over and over
1: and over and over.
3: Yeah, that he likes watching those more than the commercial films that she loves, or like the art film of the type her his father makes. Yeah, he just likes to. Yeah, he likes to make some Jiffy Pop. It
1: also talks about the process of making Jiffy Pop, which is a real skill. Yes, to pop Jiffy Jiffy Pop in the
3: yes it is in the
1: metal pans and get it to pop, puff up, Mm -hmm. and not burn. Mm
4: -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, I
1: enjoyed that. That's a a sort of blast from the past. Uh, Also, in that when it mentions him making Jiffy Pop and sitting and binging on those little uh, short videos, uh, it also pointed out that it it was tricky, that the Jiffy Pop was tricky to make, but he avoided microwave popcorn even then.
3: Even then.
1: Even Mm -hmm. then. Before
3: the incident. One other little technical aside, I don't, I don't, I can't really read anything into it. I just thought it was uh, interesting as a bit of context. It mentions that a cartridge revolves in a digital diskette at 450 RPM, um, which seems like a lot, but I wanted to, to get some context for like what speed is 450 RPM really. Um, and I found out that it's relatively slow compared to other spinning media types So, uh, a DVD spins at between 570 and 1600 RPM, uh, hard drives like magnetic hard drives spin at somewhere between 5,400 and 7,200 RPM and a 48 X CD drive can get up to 24,000 RPM. Woo. Um, uh, interestingly that it's irrelevant now because nobody has optical drives anymore, but. It seemed like for a while their CD drives were getting faster and faster and faster, and ultimately they stopped getting faster. You can't really get a CD drive faster than 48X, and that's because if you spin a disc any faster than 24,000 RPM, it literally tears itself apart. Um, Ooh. So...
0: <laughs> was it, like, on fire?
3: Um, no, it just it shatters oh, and splinters and sends shrapnel oh. all over the oh. place. I've seen pictures of this, and exciting. it can actually... It, it's going with so much force that if a CD breaks apart inside a CD drive, it can, like, leave a divot in the metal casing of the drive.
4: <gasps> wow. Um,
3: yeah, it's scary stuff. It's, those things wow. spin incredibly fast, and I think we kind of take it for granted.
1: Wow. I won't now, will I? I won't take yeah. it for granted now. Now we're to the part where that makes me hate James O. Which part? The part where he uh, 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 takes over, takes takes over the this this first like love relationship that his son has and wedges himself in there. I'm not even sure he does it intentionally. I I don't think he thinks about that,
4: and mm-hmm. yet yeah.
1: he he like shortly after shortly after the holiday season after Thanksgiving. With the incandenzas, he uh, invites her to like watch while they're uh, doing some of their sh- the movie shooting, and then he gets her to appear, her thumb to appear in a movie, and right. uh, then he drags them along to Canada where he's where he's filming, and he he takes them af- out after the day's sessions and. He and Joelle drink until they're falling down drunk and Oren has to bring them home. And uh, I think it says that this might have been the end's start. Yeah. The end's start. Uh,
4: yeah. I didn't
0: read it like that at all.
4: Really? Mm. Hmm.
0: Yeah.
4: Huh.
0: I read it a lot more like... Oh, a whirlwind type of uh, hey Joel himself is doing these things want to come? and it was like a treat to bring her to set I thought it was and, James
1: O that invited her
0: uh, I
1: should look this up and see if I can hmm. find it but I thought it was he who invited her after they did Thanksgiving together and he realized that she was interested. So it may have been what he thought was, it may have been his idea of how he was being nice to his son's girlfriend. But, in fact, uh, he was, let's see if I can find it.
3: Yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult to read Oren's feelings about this.
1: Uh, well, Oren Oren is so, so determined not to let what he thinks or feels like he's ju- he's just like Avril. He doesn't want to I unduly a, influence her.
3: I think that's a way of reading it, but I think that I can also see where Brianna's coming from. Like mm-hmm. that that it could be um it could be that he's there enduring this thing. In silence, or it could be that he really is genuinely enjoying it, and it's kind of hard to know.
0: It seems like a supportive. I want you to get the the exposure that you can, because I know I have this resource in this pretty well known filmmaker who I right. happen to be related to. Right. Maybe, it's his, way of, maybe it's his way of well as studying.
1: Maybe it's his way of trying to
0: production. Yeah, maybe mm-hmm.
1: he's trying to impress
3: her even. She Maybe is, I don't know. I mean, it seems like he's
0: kind of got her by now. He,
3: he's got her, and I, I. It seems to me like she's just like he made the introductions, um, but she's kind of uh, reaping the benefits of them now and pursuing her own career. It also she's she's understudy. She's not working with James O directly at this point. She's understudying with Disney Leith, who's wasn't he James O's cameraman or, or technician of some kind. Um so yeah, I don't know. But then so so after a day of filming, himself would take out uh Joel and Orin for drinks and, and that's when they would get completely out of their mind drunk.
0: That's where I started reading like maybe this is a little more sinister because this grown adult ass man is basically expecting his son to care for him while he's yeah. falling down drunk and Joel's also drunk or high. Yeah. I didn't like any of it. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: He has a way of including Oren along with Joel without including Oren. Yeah. Including Oren but keeping Oren at arm's length. Yeah. Like, yeah, you can come with us, but you're not going to drink with us. Yeah, you can come with us, but you're not actually going to be involved in the movie making process with us. Yeah, you can come with us, but if you want to stay back in Boston and recover from your surgery, that's okay. You can do that. It also talks about Joelle and her OCD cleaning that
4: yeah.
1: of the apartment when they move in together, but, but without but without recrimination. So if you leave a mess, she will, she will clean it. It will be, it it will disappear, but she, yeah, like elves, but she's not going to complain about the mess. It's Mm. okay. Or complain about her having to clean up the mess
0: or. Are we reading Oren's fascination with the video as self-absorption?
3: It reminded me a lot of the myth of Narcissus. Mm.
0: Uh,
3: Yeah. Which he has
0: gotten from his father. Mm. Some. Maybe. I think James O is oblivious, but not necessarily narcissistic.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure (laughs) what he is. (laughs) Mm.
0: Oh, and I also had a question. The very last line in this section is, of particular interest are the eyes.
3: Yeah. Hmm. And Mm -hmm.
0: my question is, of particular interest to whom?
3: I think to Oren is is the way that I his understand that. Yeah, that like his own he, eyes. Yeah, he's interested in in what his eyes are doing in that frozen moment.
4: Mm-hmm. Okay,
1: so um, I see him. There's something about him watching those over and over. That's that's sort of like the the cassette, the entertainment, the that just kind of mesmerized. Um. And, you know, he's talked about that, that when he's out there punning, it's almost a spiritual sort of thing. I, mm-hmm. I feel like it's almost uh, when he watches it over and over and over, it's like this spiritual affirmation and hopefulness. And, you know, I, this is me doing what I'm good at and and, and connecting with the universe, kind of, and... And look, Joelle, Joelle uh, cares about me so much that she's taken these, she's made these videos of me doing what I, what I do. I don't know.
0: Yeah, she sees me.
1: She sees me, Mm -hmm.
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: Poor Orin.
3: Well should we talk about the next section?
1: Speaking of poor somebody. Yeah. Poor
3: Tony. Oh back to poor my Tony.
1: gosh.
3: So yeah, this a lot of this is very hard to read.
4: Poor yeah. Tony.
3: And I don't I don't have a lot of notes. I do want to point out a couple like connections that are drawn on this first in these first few uh, bits here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we established that he did indeed steal that artificial heart. Right. And he was totally right.
1: traumatized by accidentally yeah. stealing her heart.
3: Yeah. And yeah. He, uh, he's had contact with the Antetois brothers who sold Pemulus the DMZ. Oh, right, right, okay. Right. Right. Oh, that's We're right. From.
2: Thank
1: you. Uh, I was going to ask I was wondering that, that too. Where and, I heard and it them. also
3: mentions uh emo? Uh, who it uh-huh. seems like maybe he bought drugs from, who I believe is Emil Minty of yeah. uh, Ennit House. Mm-hmm. Oh.
1: Who is the one that's tra- picking fight? Is that the. No, that's a different he's, one.
3: He's the like, like, son of oh, the, 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 ki- the kid. The kid. No, no, no. The, mo- he's the, 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 the old kind of burned he's... out mohawk guy. Yeah. Oh, I thought
1: he was young.
3: Oh, is he young? I don't know. I think he's like a. He's I the one know. that we don't really know much about. We don't about. know
1: anything about
0: uh he uh who yes apparently did love once he's a hardcore smack addict punk here for reasons nobody can quite yet pin down orange mohawk and the shaved skull around it are starting to grow out brown gotcha thank you Mm
4: thank you
1: It's on Yay. our character list. <laughs> yes, I thought I think too when it mentions the the heart stealing incident that he it talk, talks about things he avoids now and that he's you know, he's so traumatized and he avoids the I think he mentions the brand of bag, her her, yes. oh, her yeah. oh, fancy bag yeah. that she carried her heart around in that he, he can't he has to he has to stay away from those now too. Can't think what mm-hmm. it was called, but it was <laughs> like upscale.
3: Yeah, he's kind of trying ten, to ten, avoid ten. everything because he's not really in anyone's good graces. Right, um, yeah. everyone's out to get him. Yeah. He
1: owes people stuff. Which, which, and makes,
3: he's, which is what causes him to go into withdrawal because he can't get the drugs he right. needs. But also it makes the whole process that much worse because he can't right. go somewhere safe or, or with someone he trusts. Right,
1: right. I also thought that that whole trauma that I I... I connected him with Don Gately, who I mm. believe anyway is at Ennett House and doing the whole AA thing because of how traumatized he was after accidentally killing his uh burglary mm-hmm. victim. Yeah. And here you have poor Tony who's traumatized because he accidentally he 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 accidentally killed the woman by taking her heart, you know? And it was mm. like like it was something something traumatic that happened that really that really caused a turnaround in their life. In Don Gately's case, at least, it's it seems to be a a for-the-better turnaround, and in Portoni's case, it seems to be a falling-off-the-cliff turnaround.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's see, it makes reference on page 300 to Hepatitis G. Is Hepatitis G real? Because oh, I, I thought it, it only went
3: up to C. Yeah. I've never heard of that.
2: Yeah. Um, Until a period in October when when Lola's sister went down with hepatitis G.
1: Oh, it says hepatitis G virus is a rare cause of hepatic inflammation.
2: Hmm. Okay.
4: Okay. Uh,
0: Poor Tony is haunted by the word zukung.
4: Yes. A foreign
0: and possibly Yiddish word he did not recall ever before hearing.
4: Mm-hmm. I looked it
0: up, mm-hmm. and it is a German noun for twitch, spasm, and convulsion.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it, it features in a figurative phrase, die letzten which means the death throes. Oh, and I also learned, according to my source, that it's a word that hasn't been used widely since the mid to late 1800s. Oh, Whoa.
3: huh, interesting. And it keeps I don't going, keeps echoing.
1: It keeps, echoing. It keeps echoing in a, in quick step cadence through his head.
3: Yeah,
0: it sounds like a heartbeat.
1: To me,
4: mm-hmm. z-cunk, 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 yeah, z-cunk, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: Which oh, it's like the the what's the what's the Edgar Allan Poe story the about that uh, the, heart. Tell-tale the telltale heart? heart.
4: It's yeah. kind mm-hmm. of, you mm-hmm. know,
1: going mad because you keep hearing the heart of this person that you killed,
4: c-cunk, mm-hmm. c-cunk.
1: That that I like that image. I mean, it's a yeah. horrible image,
0: but I mean, that would maybe fit hearing that woman's heart, yeah. that artificial uh-huh. heart, and maybe uh-huh. he hearing his own heart as his uh-huh. life is flashing before his eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I, I appreciate on that, in that same, like that same section there where it, that word comes up, uh, he says, uh, as he's spiraling down and down and, you know, like things couldn't get worse really, that he'd naively assumed that going mad meant you were not aware of going mad.
4: Yeah. He'd naively pictured
1: mm-hmm. madmen as forever laughing. This whole chunk was such a horrible, horribly, uh, probably true look at what withdrawal looks like.
2: Yeah.
1: was like have-
0: frightful.
2: Mm hmm.
0: Serious questions about not. Fully understanding why this section is even here. Say more. Aside from the very oblique references to characters that have relationships with other characters that we care about, Poor Tony is kind of one of those outlier satellite characters that we Mm -hmm. don't interact with a whole lot. It wasn't until Norma mentioned the parallel between Don Gately and Poor Tony accidentally killing people that i started thinking maybe that's why it's here but otherwise if this is just more flavor text to to uh paint a picture of the world where we're living i don't understand why it has to be this Mm. it seems like something that is incredibly private and traumatic for this character, and I feel voyeuristic looking at it. Hmm. And, and
1: so he is, like, so he was traumatized by the death of the woman whose heart he stole. But wasn't he involved in killing or maiming lots of other people? Or am I remembering him wrong?
2: No, he Didn't was. He, did he
1: run with the gang that left people for dead by the dumpsters and so
3: yeah i think so yeah
1: what was it about this that really got him it may be just maybe just because in the other instances they had chosen to do to to beat somebody up that bad and in this case his choice was just to steal the bag yeah you know the intent like does the intent matter It's like with Gately, does it matter that he wasn't trying to kill the guy that he was burglaring? Uh, And then he wasn't trying to kill him. He had no intention of killing him, and yet he died. And poor Tony, even though he's been involved in really bad things that probably ended in the deaths of victims, that in this case, at least, it wasn't his intent. He was just going to steal the bag.
4: Yeah mm.
1: And then she died. It was probably particularly a, grueso- a particularly gruesome sort of way to go.:
4: <laughs> Yeah, You're,
1: being separated from your heart doesn't sound yeah. good. Yeah. so and, and it's kind of like his withdrawal, so we've certainly seen a lot of pictures of addicts and the, the suffering that the addiction brings. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And in this case, it's like the withdrawal, the physical piece of the withdrawal, is horrible enough. But mm-hmm. then he also is filled with this, like this trauma reaction from having done this horrible thing. So it's not only it's like it's like the physical piece and sort of psychic. That whole yeah, he's suffering both at the same time. And if what Brianna says about the zukong word and the, the sort of intent that it, the idea that it sort of mimics the sound of a heartbeat and that's what he's hearing. And I don't know, it sounds particularly awful.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Hmm. I'm glad it wasn't as horrifying for me to read as I remember it being the first time I read it.
3: Yeah, me too. Hmm. I remember it being worse than this.
0: Yeah, I was pretty
1: horrified by it, I have to
3: say. Yeah. I, well, it
1: won't be that bad the second time you read it. Yeah, I guess yeah. that's true. And i will <laughs> recover. And I, uh, you know, I hadn't had any particular fondness for poor Tony. I felt a mm-hmm. little sorry that his situation, you know, was as bleak as it was. But after reading this, I felt really bad for him and thought, you know, no one, no matter what, no matter what bad choices you've made, no one deserves to suffer like he's suffering. Seriously. Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm. No
1: one deserves it. Can someone tell me again uh, uh, what, our, how, how the YDAU uh, lines up with our current year numbering? What year do yeah. we think that would be about?
2: Uh, let me see. So YDAU, we're thinking, is going to be about 2008, it looks like.
1: Okay. Okay. I need to do some contemplations of what I would have been doing around my birthday in the year two
3: thousand eight. Mm-hmm. It's a personal mm-hmm. issue. Two thousand eight. Uh it was would have been Barack Obama getting elected.
2: Oh yeah. In college. Oh. oh yeah. yeah. Huh.
0: First year of college um, for Brianna.
3: Okay. So uh <laughs> does anyone have anything they would like to plug?
2: Nope. Um Hmm. As always, if you are interested in uh, checking out me and my paintings, they are on Instagram at CardboardVV.
3: If you would like to take a look at my um, YouTube advertising intervention project, Suddenly You Are Aware of Your Own Breathing, you can look at a write-up about that on my website, agingrick.com.
4: Oh.
1: Be kind. Be safe. Uh, Yes. Strive to be anti-racist.
4: If you Mm can pull it off.
3: Yes. It's really not that hard. Next week, we'll be talking about pages 306 to 312. Our music is by David Nichols. You can listen to his podcast, The Land of Random on Spotify. Thanks for listening. And remember, winners never have to quit.